0: And welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. Do you smell that? That roast, cooking slowly over the coals. The smoky flavor soaking into the meat as the tender meat softens up. The outside of the roast so crispy and smoky. But the inside, so tender, so juicy, so good. I hope you enjoy a huge slab of this meat, as it was quite the task to get. I had to hire an entire party of wilderness guides to help me hunt this down. Let me tell you. Trying to track it through the forest was such a slog. There were goblins, kobolds, slimes, giant snakes, giant rats, and we even were attacked by a tree. A tree! It literally bent down and then hurled boulders at us. And that's just the things on the ground. Let me tell you. When your quarry has the ability to fly, anything darting through the canopy looks like a quarry, and boy did we upset quite a few beasts. But in the end, we found it. And let me tell you, this meat, worth it. Don't let anyone tell you that just because they breathe poison, that green dragons aren't edible. Anyways, let's discuss those who made this possible. Rangers. Rangers are experts in the wilderness. They have trained themselves to be perfect at hunting down those threats and beasts that lie at the edges of civilization. They aren't a part of nature as much as a druid is, but they are still in harmony with it. A ranger has studied nature and studied their quarry. A ranger is deadly to whatever foe they choose as their prey, but they are especially deadly to the foe they have studied Whether they have studied fiends in order to protect the land from the forces of evil, or they have studied goblins and kobolds to make sure no roaming war bands invade the land a ranger watches over. A ranger typically takes up a lonely life, one of solitude, relying on themselves and their own skills. How they employ these skills is what makes them likely to be an adventurer, though. A ranger will typically act as a line of defense. A defender for a civilization, keeping the beasts and hordes at the edge of the civilized world at bay. Some rangers end up joining groups, including druidic circles, in order to better protect the areas they've sworn to protect. Other rangers stand on their own, fully confident in their ability to be the first and last line of defense. This independent nature may come at odds with a party of adventurers especially if those adventurers cannot fend for themselves and rely on the comforts of the cities. A ranger may scoff at them, get frustrated with them, or feel pity for them, but if the adventurers the ranger has decided to join in order to protect a place, can show themselves to be competent in other fields than just survival, a ranger is usually glad to have them as compatriots. Since they can pull their weight in situations where the ranger might not thrive. Now that we understand what a ranger is, let's discuss what a ranger can do. A ranger starts with a d10 for the hit die, which is typically reserved for tank classes. The ranger is interesting in this aspect, as the other two classes that get a d10, the paladin and the fighter, both get proficiency with all armors, but the ranger does not. The ranger gets proficiency with light armor, medium armor, and shields, forcing them to rely more on dex for their AC, rather than having the possibility of wearing heavy armor, but dex is usually a very useful stat for a ranger anyways, so it's somewhat reasonable. A ranger gets proficiency with simple and martial weapons, since they need to be armed with the right tool to hunt their quarry. For saving throws, a ranger gets proficiency with strength and dexterity. The strength proficiency is a little strange, but a ranger isn't as tied to the supernatural as other classes, so it's not too odd that their saving throws would be physical. At first level, a ranger gets to make two important decisions. The first being the choice of their favorite enemy. A ranger's favorite enemy is a type of creature that the ranger has trained to hunt has studied with her careful eye, and has learned every behavior of. A ranger can choose between a few options, those being aberrations, your typical Lovecraftian monsters of horrific shape and tentacles, beasts, being the typical animals of the world, celestials, such as a unicorn, an angel, or a pegasus, constructs, such as golems, and animated armor, dragons, which is pretty much Self explanatory, elementals, such as gins and water weirds, fae, such as fairies, dryads, and satyrs, fiends, like demons and devils, giants, which include minor giants like trolls and ogres, monstrosities, which cover almost any creature that doesn't fall into any of the other categories and includes mimics, driders, and sphinxes, oozes, which is also pretty much self explanatory. Plants, such as tree ants and awakened shrubs, or undead, such as zombies or mummies. It's important when an adventure is beginning that if a ranger aims to join the party, that their favorite enemy fits well with the type of adventure. A ranger whose favorite enemy is undead will fear their ability is wasted in an adventure of political intrigue in the citadel. A ranger could do well in a situation like that, though, if they take the additional option for their favorite enemy. A ranger can, instead of choosing any of the previous monster types, choose two humanoid races, such as elves and dwarves, or goblinoids and orcs. Those will be the ranger's favorite enemy instead. When tracking their favorite enemy, a ranger gets advantage on their survival checks to follow their quarry, and any intelligence checks to recall information about the type of creature their quarry is. A ranger also learns one language of their choice that the creatures of the chosen type might know, if they know a language at all. At level 6 and 14, a ranger gets to pick another type of enemy, or another two humanoid races, to be their favorite enemy, and they learn a corresponding language each time. Typically, the choices of the new favored enemies should reflect what creatures the ranger has faced in their journey so far. Also, at first level, a ranger has familiarity with the type of terrain they've spent time in and protected. This familiarity makes the ranger more knowledgeable and adaptable, and they can survive better in these environments. They can choose between Arctic, Coastal, Desert, Forest, Grassland, Mountain, Swamp, or the Underdark, the caverns of the D&D world. When the ranger makes an intelligence check or wisdom check related to their favorite terrain, their proficiency bonus is doubled if they are proficient in the skill they are using to make that check. Also, while traveling for at least an hour in their favorite terrain, a ranger gets a few benefits. Their group, being their companions in them, aren't slowed by difficult terrain, Their group cannot get lost except by magical means. They remain alert to danger even while foraging or tracking during their travels. They find twice as much as one would normally find when they forage. They can tell exactly how many creatures passed in a given area while tracking them, their size, and how long ago they passed. And if they are traveling alone, they are still able to move stealthily even while traveling at their normal travel pace. They also get to choose a new favorite terrain, to add to these benefits as well, at levels 6 and 10. At second level, a ranger gets to make a decision that many other classes also get to make, but at varying levels. They get their fighting style. As with the paladin, a ranger gets a limited selection. Those being archery, to help increase the damage a ranger does with their bow. Defense, to make themselves harder to hit dueling, giving them a bonus to damage done to weapons held in one hand as long as they do not have another weapon in their other hand, and two weapon fighting, so they can deal equal damage when attacking with their offhand weapon as they do with attacking with their main hand weapon, if they are dual wielding. Also at second level, a ranger gets spellcasting. Their magic comes in a similar way to the druid. They harness the power of nature, but in this case, They harness it in order to enhance themselves when it comes to their speed, stealth, or cunning, or use their magic to increase their lethality in order to take down their prey. Since they harness the powers of nature through their magic like a druid, they also use the same ability score for their spellcasting as a druid, their wisdom. The ranger, like the paladin, is a half-caster meaning they grow slower in regard to their spells and slots than full caster classes. A ranger is a spells known caster though, meaning they cannot switch out spells after a long rest, but when they level up, they can take a spell they know and replace it with another spell that they have a spell slot of the correct level for. Since they are only a half caster, they don't get as many spells as full caster classes when it comes to spells known topping out at 11, while some other classes get 15 or more. They get no cantrips as well, since they are only a half caster. Also, they do not get a spellcasting focus, meaning they must have the material components on hand if they want to cast a spell using material components. This can be handled easily by the ranger having a component pouch, which costs more than a focus, and can more easily be lost, but allows for the ranger to use their spells that require material components. At third level, a ranger gets to choose their ranger archetype. As of this discussion, there are five ranger archetypes, being the ranger subclasses. First, there is the hunter. This archetype is one that has taken up their mantle as the line between the wilds and civilizations. The ranger gets to make choices as they level up, regarding different suites of abilities they can choose from to gain the powers they will use to face down any threat, from ogres to dragons. The Beastmaster is a ranger that has developed a special bond with a companion. They get an animal companion, which is medium size or smaller, with a challenge rating of one quarter or less, which they can command in combat alongside them. This bond grows more powerful over time, allowing the ranger to command them more effectively and spread boosting spells between themselves and their companion. The gloom stalker archetype hunts down the evil that lurks in the shadows without fear. They get spells to help them hide and catch those in the dark unaware and abilities that help them defeat their foes in darkness, even being able to harness the shadows to enhance themselves. The horizon walker archetype seeks to protect the world from those who come from beyond it. They walk on the horizons of reality and keep an eye on portals into this world from beyond it. They gain spells to help them handle those from other planes, and they gain abilities that allow them to harness the energies of the multiverse to enhance their abilities. The Monster Slayer archetype is a ranger that has trained themselves to fight against the most foul of creatures And wielders of vile magics. They get a variety of spells to help in a few situations regarding such creatures, and their abilities reflect a skill in focusing down an enemy and stopping their vile actions, even having special abilities to fight against those who would use magic against the ranger. Also, at third level, the ranger can expend a spell slot to harness their connection with nature and be able to focus on the space around them with extreme accuracy. They gain the ability to detect, for one minute per level of the spell slot spent, any creatures of the types Aberration, Celestial, Dragon, Elemental, Fae, Fiend, and Undead that is within one mile of the ranger, or six if they are in their favorite terrain. This simply lets them know the type of creatures nearby, though. It does not reveal their location or their number. At 5th level, like so many other classes, the ranger gets their extra attack. At 8th level, a ranger is so light and nimble on their feet, and so in tune with nature, that the land rarely slows them down. They become unaffected by any non-magical difficult terrain, such as an area created by a rock slide or thick foliage. The ranger also gains advantage on saving throws against any plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement. This includes growth that makes it difficult to move through an area and plants meant to restrain the target. At 10th level, a ranger has learned the skills necessary to cloak themselves in the wild. They can spend 1 minute creating camouflage for themselves as long as they have access to fresh dirt, mud, foliage, or other naturally occurring materials in that area. When they hide with this camouflage, they can press themselves up against a solid surface, such as a wall or tree, that is at least as tall and as wide as them, where they get a plus 10 bonus to their stealth check as long as they remain in that place without moving or taking actions. As soon as they move or take an action or reaction, they must redo their camouflage to gain this bonus again. At 14th level, a ranger can disappear into the background and foliage much easier, as they can now take the hide action as a bonus action on their turns. They also become impossible to track by non-magical means, unless the ranger wants to be tracked. At 18th level, a ranger has gained the ability to focus all their senses in battle to detect their foes, and still reliably strike them, even when they are beyond the ranger's sight. When they strike at a creature they can't see, for example, if the ranger is blinded, in the dark, or the creature is invisible, the ranger does not get disadvantage on attack rolls against the creature. They are also aware of the location of any invisible creatures that are within 30 feet of them, as long as the ranger is not blinded, deafened, or the invisible creature is not hidden from them. At 20th level, a ranger becomes unparalleled in their ability to hunt down their foes and slay them. Once per turn, the ranger can add their wisdom modifier to either the attack roll or the damage roll of an attack against a creature of the favorite type of the ranger. They can add this modifier before or after seeing their roll, but before any effects of the roll are applied. This ability makes the ranger either more likely to hit or adds damage, making them far deadlier. The ranger is the definitive spacer when it comes to non-full caster abilities. As the name implies, the ranger can do a very good job at staying at range, picking off enemies with their bow and arrow or crossbow. They benefit greatly from good placement of themselves and the enemies, and have abilities to support that. Quite a few of their spells help either maintain an enemy in a space, move an enemy to a space, create additional tactical support, or put damage on a group of enemies that are spaced correctly. When it comes to support, the ranger gets a small selection of healing spells and an okay selection of buff spells. The ranger isn't much of a tank class, though they do have that d10 hit die. They can't mix it up as well in melee combat as a fighter or paladin most times, but they aren't a slouch either. With Hunter's Mark, a ranger can mark an enemy to slay it, dealing extra damage to the creature and making it almost impossible for the creature to escape the ranger. This, combined with the favorite enemy benefit at level 20, and the archer fighting style can make the ranger into a light striker. Not up there with the paladin's burst damage, but definitely nothing to scoff at. A ranger pairs well with a class that can pull tank though, such as fighter, or they can fully embrace nature and pair very well with a druid, due to their shared spellcasting ability and common theme. Rangers can also pair well with a nature cleric, also boosting the ranger's support ability and giving the ranger heavy armor, making the ranger close to the possibility of being a tank. Where the ranger truly shines though is outside of combat. When a group is traveling, a ranger can keep them safe, fed, and on the right path. When tracking down a beast or a monster or a person on the run, the ranger is the one who can perform those tasks with ease. If the group needs someone to infiltrate a cave, or keep an eye on someone without being seen, the ranger is the go-to, alongside the class we'll cover next time, the rogue. In fact, Both the classes of ranger and rogue have a loner reputation sometimes. A word of advice. Speak with your group. If they like your idea for a lone wolf character, then go ahead. But be considerate. You are part of a party. And you work together with your party to achieve your goals. Well, it's time for me to dig into this meal. So I'm going to step into my quarters. I'll talk to you later. And when we do, we'll discuss another class with a reputation, like how the Bard and Paladin have reputations. We'll discuss rogues, what they do, and what I believe people get wrong with rogues. Until then, be a stalwart bastion, standing against the tides of evil that threaten that which you love. Keep your eyes wide open, and your bowstring taut. I'd like to thank you for listening. And I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep and tweet about us using hashtag Tavern Keep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Guide. I'm Ryan, and this has been the Tavern Keeps Guide. Thank you, and make sure to dip the bar, mates.